0: Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, um, as you go through life, um, we go through um, transition, changes, uh, we go through seasons of life. Uh, I've got a real, uh, real good friend uh we uh we became friends in college uh met each other my uh freshman year of of college and uh became roommates uh best friends uh in each other's weddings and and through life and you know as we um, we get a little bit older in time we often talk about seasons of life and what season we're in and and how that season of life looks and how it affects us and and uh, how we manage life through those changes and different seasons. And certainly we have uh, been in a season of our life uh, here with you folks, uh, time filled with fellowship and blessings and deepening of our faith and our relationship with the Lord and as we reflect on those moments and we look into god 's word to find direction to to find uh, his will in his word for us, um, I thought about what what would I share you know for our last message with you that here on a, a weekend and week out basis and and my thought just just automatically went to matthew chapter twenty eight matthew chapter twenty eight Beginning in verse 18, Jesus is sharing some last thoughts with His disciples. And Jesus is about to depart from them, and He knows the Holy Spirit's coming to live with them and to help them. But, but He felt that in that moment, in that time, and at His departure, that these were the truths that were most important that He would, would share with them these last words of instruction and, and truth and guidance for them. And I thought, well, I, I can't think of anything that's more appropriate than, than the words of Jesus. And then Jesus came to them and He said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to Me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' words to His disciples as He prepared to depart from them and return to heaven, he knew He would return again. He knew the Spirit was coming to live with them. But these are the words that He leaves with them to encourage them, to to guide them, these truths to help them. They are words that, uh, that resonate with power, with purpose, with promise. And as we embark on, on a new path that, that lies ahead and a new journey for our lives, I believe that these truths are and should be embedded in our hearts and in our lives. That they should be truths that give us encouragement and give us hope and give us power and promise and, and all of the things that, that God's Word encourages us. And so from this passage today, there are four simple truths that I want us to share together. The first one is this, authority in Christ. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So the first thing that he does is to identify to them this truth. What I am about to say to you comes with authority. It comes with a backing. You know, I think about uh, occasions and events where someone is giving someone instruction or someone is telling someone they shouldn't do that or, or they should do this or something of that nature. And, and they look at them and they say, what? Oh, who are you? Who are you to tell me what I should or shouldn't do? And uh, sometimes that response comes and when that response comes, it, it carries with it some authority. Sometimes it may not. But in this occasion, Jesus says and is identifying for us a truth that says, All authority is in Me. I have all authority on earth and in heaven. I have been given the power. I have been given the the strength and the backing of the Father. It is a declaration of Jesus' sovereignty over all of creation. And as He makes that assertion, as He makes that truth known he is communicating that he holds all authority our mission our purpose what he calls us to is backed by his authority it is strengthened it is given its its power and its purpose through the authority of Christ Jesus it transcends all challenges all obstacles All opposition, anything that we come and we are faced with, anything that we are dealing with, He says, I have the authority in heaven and on earth, and He has the authority to overcome. So anytime we feel that we are limited in what we can or cannot do, anytime that we feel that there is a challenge that is greater than we feel that we can meet, an obstacle greater than what we can overcome... We need to stop and remember these words of Jesus when Jesus says, I have all authority. That means that there is no power that is greater than the power of Jesus. There is no authority that supersedes or goes above the authority of Jesus. And so when He calls us, He commissions us, He directs us, He commands us, He does it, with all sovereign authority in our lives, and in the world, in heaven, and in earth. Second truth, He calls us to go and make disciples. I want to tell you this is so important. I think so many times in our life that we get so called up in so many other things that we forget really what being a believer is all about. Being a believer is about making disciples. And when we talk about this term of making disciples, it's not just about getting people to come to church. It's not just about telling people about what we believe. Those are elements of it. Those are parts of it. But making disciples has to do with our contributing to creating followers of Jesus. And I I often use this term and I think it's an important term. We need to make disciples who will make disciples. It's a multiplying process. And so when we make disciples, it's not just, oh, we create a believer or we're a part of someone coming to know Christ. But then there's a continuing process of growing and maturing and developing that they become a disciple, a follower of Jesus that can lead others or help others to become a follower of Jesus. If we are not following Jesus in such a way that we can influence others to become followers of Jesus and then help them to grow and mature and develop so that they can help others to become followers of Jesus, then we're not following the commission that He gives us in Matthew the 28th chapter. The last words that He shares with His disciples, the last message that He shares with them before His departure and His return to heaven is to go and make disciples. Disciples who will create other disciples, who will help others to grow and mature and to know Christ Jesus, to come to follow Him, and in following Him, help others to follow Him as well. It is a nurturing relationship that grows. It is a process that is continual. It's not just I become a believer and accept Christ, and, and, and I have the hope of heaven, and I escape the penalty of hell, and that's the end of it. That's just the beginning. That's just where this relationship starts. And He calls us then to make disciples. To help people to become followers of Him. And so we are to be His messenger. I want to piggyback a little bit on what Gary shared in in the beginning of his communion thought this morning. We are to be believers and disciples of Jesus. We are to follow Him in our life. And as we do so, He calls us as Christians to live out our Christian faith in wherever we are in life, in whatever we do in life. And so that if you are an executive in a company, then He wants you to live in such a way that the world sees what a, an executive of a company lives like when they're a follower of Jesus. If you are an educator or a teacher, my wife talks about that a lot, but He calls us to live so that people can see what it means for Christ to be in us and what Christ looks like as an educator, as a school teacher, as a principal. Whatever task it is that you have in life, He calls us to live in such a fashion That people can see Christ living in us and they can see what He looks like, what Christ looks like in whatever role it is that you're playing in life or or living in life. And so that's what it means for us to be disciple makers who, who create disciples who will create disciples. And sometimes I think we get caught up in this idea that I am saved and and that I I have my assurance of hope of entering the kingdom of heaven and that's all that it's about. And that's not what it's all about. That's just the beginning of what it's about, but the question would be are we making disciples because that's what he calls us to. All authority has been given to me in earth on earth and in heaven. Go therefore, in other words, because of this authority that I have, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he goes on and he continues to teach us in regards to that. But he calls us, because of his authority, to go be disciple makers. To help people to become followers, not of men, not of of an individual or a preacher or a teacher or a church or a religion or a faith. To be followers of Jesus. That's what he calls us to do. To help people to become followers of Jesus. And then they in turn help others to become followers of Jesus. And that's what he's called us to. Third thing he says is this. Baptize them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. He gives us instruction. I want you to think about this for just a moment. I I really think this is so critical for us in life to understand. All of the things that Jesus taught, all of the miracles that Jesus performed, all of the things that He did in in the course of His life and ministry here on earth, and the final charge that He gives to His disciples before He leaves this earth and returns to heaven... And one of the critical things that he says is make disciples and baptize them. Make disciples and baptize them. Make disciples and baptize them. Do you understand the critical, how important that is for us? And sometimes we pass over baptism that, that is some type of a just, it's an identity thing. Or it's just a, it's just showing a world, an outward appearance of our inward decision or change of heart or whatever that might be. And that's and not what, what baptism is about. Baptism is a, a transition point in life. It's a changing of, of who we were to, to who we will be in Christ Jesus. In fact, the Scripture says at the moment of baptism, we bury the old self and the old life. And we are resurrected to walk in the newness of life. It is a transitional pivotal point in my journey in becoming a believer of Christ Jesus that it puts to death the old me and I come out of the water grave of baptism in a form of a resurrection to walk in a brand new life. Never to be the same again of what I was before. It changes who I am. It is a part of that transition. Now, does baptism itself save us? No. But it is a part of the transition, that pivotal point in life. Listen, if I haven't had a change of heart, if I haven't entered into a relationship with Christ Jesus, all that happens to me in baptism is I go down a dry center and I come up a wet center, nothing's changed. But if I've had a change of heart and I am baptized, it is at that moment the Scripture says that we put to death the old self. We are resurrected to a new person, and it says that that moment the Spirit comes to live in us. That's the transition. That's the pivotal point of baptism, and we need to never minimalize or or, or try to rationalize way baptism for its convenience. We need to understand the truth and the power of that. Go to Acts the second chapter. We're to turn there today, but Peter on what we refer to as the day of Pentecost is preaching the message of Jesus. As he preaches the message of Jesus, the people who are listening that day, they, they turn to him and they say, hey, hey, wait a minute. We are convinced and we are convicted. Those are two critical things. We are convinced and we are convicted. What do we do about this? How do we respond to the conviction that we have and the confidence that we have that you've been preaching and teaching to us about Jesus? What do we do about that? And what does He say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. Baptism is critical to the pivotal point of our relationship of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ and following Him. And that's why Jesus, with His last words here on earth, says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Entering into a relationship. Can you imagine that? We are entering into a relationship with the Holy Trinity. We are becoming a part of the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you and I have the privilege and the right And the opportunity to become a part of that relationship. When we are baptized into Jesus Christ, into the family of God, and we receive forgiveness of our sins, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence to live in our heart, to live in our lives, and to help us to live for Him day by day. Brings to the fourth and final thing this morning, and that is this. Teaching and obedience baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's the process of discipling. It's not just do we get saved, but do we continue to learn? Do we continue to grow? Do we continue to mature? Do, Do I know more about Christ today than I did yesterday? Will I know more about Christ next week than I did this past week? Am I different this month than I was last month? Am I different this year than I was last year? Am I growing in Christ Jesus? Am I learning from His Word and obeying His commands and His instructions for my life? That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And again, it's not... Listen, coming to church is helpful. Trust me. He says, don't forsake the assembling together as is the custom of some. He says, it's important that we come together, but that's not the whole thing. He says, you've got to be growing on a continual basis. You've got to grow every day, not just once a week or twice a week. He says you've got to be in the Word. You've got to be understanding what Christ Jesus is calling. Us. Every day. We need to be learning what His expectations are. We need to be learning what His commandments and instructions are. We need to be learning how He empowers us to do those things. He began with what? All authority. I have all authority, make disciples, baptize them, and then teach them to obey my commandments so that what? We can grow, so we can mature, so we can develop. Listen, if you're not changing in Christ Jesus, if you're not becoming different than you were last week, last month, last year, then then we're not doing what he's called us to do. We're not doing what His Word instructs us to do if we're not changing in our faith, if we're not growing in our faith and growing in our relationship and growing in our commitment to Him. In all of this, the final thing He says is this, and I promise you, I will always be with you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? I promise you, I'll always be with you. Jesus says, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm going back to heaven. The Holy Spirit's coming to live in you, but I promise you my presence. Lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you. The power of His presence. He began with His authority. He told us what He is calling us to do, and then He ended it with this. Because of my authority... I'm instructing you to do these things and I will never leave you and never forsake you. You have the power of my presence with you always. Those are the words of Jesus. Those are some of the most encouraging words in all of Scripture for us to hold to the truths of God's Word, to hold the principles of His teaching, to believe in the promise that He's given us that He will always be with us go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey His commands. That's what every one of us has been called to do. Well, this morning we're going to offer an invitation